Hello fellow Star Wars fans and welcome to the channel. This is Outer Rim Transmission number 62. In this episode we're breaking everything down to discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi episode 5 aka part 5. Uh, we're going to be talking all about what happened with the fallout. Full spoilers as always. We got Vader doing some really cool Force Unleashed things. We got those flashbacks we've been wanting for a very long time. So we'll be getting into that in the back half of the episode. But first, introductions are in order. I'm joined by Milton and by Ben. How's it going, Ben? I'm good, good. It's been a pretty good week. Just kind of uh, just hanging out, enjoying the week for the most part. Really excited. I saw um, you know, one of my favorite creators. Like I've, I've talked about the original Clone Wars so many times on here with Gandry Tartakovsky. Um, I saw he actually re-signed on with Warner Brothers to do some animated projects and stuff, like more anime style. So that's that's actually really exciting. So, you know, there hey, there's like another Star Wars creator out there doing something. So that was that was a cool little tidbit I saw this week. And then yeah, it's just been a good week so far, you know, really working on my fitness, sticking to my my uh, diet phase and all that, and just uh, just enjoying the week, talking Star Wars with friends and family, of course, and people online. There's always there's always fun online discourse, whether you know, it gets into debates or just people agreeing with each other and having a good time. Like, I think, uh, you know, that's one of the most fun parts about being a Star Wars fan is just talking about it with a, talking about it to other people and seeing what they have to say. I think you're muted, Chris. Yeah, you, Chris, you're muted. I am muted, and I also had sound going through the speakers at one point when this all started, <laughs> so that's going to sound nice on a recording. <laughs> Um, but that is all fixed and behind us. Uh, no, I, what I was saying is, yes, it is the time of a Star Wars series. So we're going to see that pop, you know, the population bubble up about, hey, this thing, this thing, this thing, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, which is always a good thing. Um, yeah, we want it to be more positive than negative, but hey, that's just the, the lifestyle. It's just the world we live in these days. And there's no, there's not a lot we could do on our ends, you know? Oh, yeah, true. for, yeah, for sure. Go, go on, Milton. No, I was just saying, you're, you're not wrong. There's nothing really we can do about it, just except, except for just control our own behaviors and actions. That's right. What's going on with you, man? Um, Not really. Nothing much this week Um, when it comes to, like, you know, anything big in particular. But now I'm excited to be back on the podcast, like always. Um, Today was a hell of a day work-wise. But, hey, I'm here representing. Um, But, I mean, I guess... My week in Star Wars, I actually picked up a new book oh. from this bookstore um, on Sunday. I don't think I should see that. Your, 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 uh, your background is like covering. Oh, wait, what is oh, that? Oh, there it is. Yeah. So it's the making of episode one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got it at oh. the store. It's the uh, making of episode one. Um, and I also picked up a new visual dictionary. I got the Ooh. Rise of Skywalker one that I didn't Ooh. have. That's Ooh, the nice. one. That, that's the one that reveals so much about the movie that I was like, "Why was this not in a movie?" Like, yeah. they have all this stuff about the Sith Eternals and all that, which I was very curious. There wasn't a lot of Palpatine stuff. That was more in the the novelization, but it's that visual dictionary that basically made Darth Revan canon, because mm -hmm. they have this whole thing about the Armada that's like underneath the ground of Exegol, and they have like legions that are named after Sith lords, and they right. have a cool couple name drops where it's like. That's the first time that Lucasfilm acknowledged that there's actually a Darth Revan. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, uh, and, and like I said, I, I've been meaning to get that visual dictionary um, for a while now just because I 
I do like collecting those. I have the uh, the big one for the original trilogy, um, and I have obviously the episode one. At, but I need to get Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I don't have those yet. So, but other yeah. than that, though, yeah, I like I like getting those type of books. Yeah, I remember looking at one of my first visual dictionaries was the Attack of the Clone ones one, and I remember being on vacation. I think I might have been in Baltimore or somewhere near there, and it was like. I was in a hotel. I just remember like pouring over the Geonosian catacombs, like looking at the cross section of like how their civilization works. I was like, this is so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I've always, I think, you know me, I'm a huge behind the scenes guy. So I think anything I can absorb, especially with the, the making of them. And I know they actually made a book like that. So it was cool to see that that was available. So I think I'm going to, you know, take some time to read it eventually. Heck yeah. Um, what about you, Ben? Did you have any cool Star Wars pickups or any experiences this week? Um, n- nothing too much, really. Like I said, the only, the only thing was just like seeing Gandry Tartakovsky like, sign on with Warner Brothers. Like, you know, he's another Star Wars creator, so it's just cool seeing him, uh, him get back into like the anime space. Um, so, you know, nothing too exciting. Just the normal, kind of normal talking Star Wars with friends, pretty much. Like, talking with you guys, talking with people online. Like, nothing... Um, Nothing too crazy. It was just a normal week, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as for me, I got a little show and tell here. Uh, I don't know if I showed you guys this, but as I often do, I paint miniatures. And, uh, well, let me pull up my camera on OBS so I can real-time show this in the camera. I have somebody that needs no introduction. Whoop. There he is. Mr. Cad Bane himself. Nice. Oh, nice. That looks good. Yeah, so, I I mean, this is from Atomic Mass Games. It's the producer of this game. But I like the, the pose, the action pose. You see the cape just, like, swirling in the wind. Mm. Um, so this is really fun. You could use him in a new Shadow Collective Battle Force that I will have at my door tomorrow. Uh, plenty of Black Sun Pikes, all those cool, you know, syndicates and all. So I'm, I'm looking forward. That's going to be my weekend is, you know, a lot of relaxing, just putting those guys together, maybe painting up a few of them. Um, but other than that, so that was, that was cool. I painted that guy earlier in the week. Um, and then last night, me and my buddy Teddy got on Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2017, and I hadn't played that game in over a year. And I have it on Xbox um, since I have Game Pass, and you get, like, the EA games now on there. And... It was really cool playing it on a new, newer system, playing that game, because it definitely performed a lot better than when I played it on PC and when I played it on my original Xbox One. The frames per second was way higher. Um, and I just was like, I hadn't played it in so long that when we first jumped into that uh, Kashyyyk map on co-op, I was playing on clones with him in co-op. I was like, holy crap, this game looks amazing. <laughs> and it came out like five years ago. It's like, that's just credit where credit is due to... Uh, the people at EA, the people over there at DICE, um, they used an engine called Frostbite Engine. You know, most engines are, are usually with the Unreal Engine, but they went and they made their own engine, which, you know, has a lot of problems because it's their own proprietary stuff, but it has some of the best visuals. Um, the Frostbite Engine is freaking incredible, and even after all these years, there really isn't much graphic fidelity type video games that look better than something like Battlefront 2 uh, just because of the platform that they used which is not often used by other companies because it's like EA's stuff but uh, then it got me to talk with my friend I'm like 
this sucks because there's so much like out there with Battlefront that could have been happening and they cut the development short because they switched the team from DICE that's currently working on that to go work on the, the upcoming Battlefront 2042, which ended up coming out and completely flopped last year. Like, there was a storm of players, and people dropped off like like it was nothing, and now they, they just started Season 1 almost in a, like eight months after the game came out. Uh, and I'm hearing rumors that they're pulling people off the project. Like, the, the, the development that was supposed to continue is not continuing Basically because they're just not being successful enough to even warrant putting more time and money into the game. Which is just like, come on, like they pulled the people off of Battlefront 2 to work on a game that failed pretty much at launch. It's just so freaking annoying because now EA is probably not going to make a Battlefront game for, for for several years at this point. Cause, but the, the worst part of it was is that the game was on a really good rebound. They put out the Clone Wars content with Kenobi, Anakin... The, the, the whole uh, supremacy mode and all that kind of stuff. It was really getting going. And then they put out the Scarif map. And then that was basically the last piece of content. My buddy Teddy was telling me if you play on PC, uh, they have this mod where they literally have characters from everything in there. They have people just make their own characters, their own movesets. And you have to go in these special lobbies. But they have like Din Djarin. I think they have like just the various characters from the Mandalorian. Like all this stuff and like this could have been so great like they could have officially like still been churning out content you know and it's i mean part of it is their fault obviously because they shot themselves in the foot at launch with with all the star card controversy pay to win kind of stuff but yeah so it was taking a trip down memory lane for me uh last night <laughs> with with battlefront oh. oh yeah that's that's always fun and actually you know, you talking about the Unreal Engine, that actually um, reminded me. I did actually have an interesting little thing uh, for my week in Star Wars. So earlier in the week, it was Monday evening, and um, I actually saw, like, I had a YouTube video just suggested to me, and it was a, someone someone took, like, the Unreal Engine software or whatever, however they do it, I don't know about any of that stuff. But anyways, they, uh, they remastered the entire Battle of Naboo when all the Gungans and droids are fighting, and it looks incredible. Like, if oh, anybody... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it looks so good. Like, it looks... Like, obviously, the original's great, but it looks way better. And, you know, if anyone wants to find that, you know, just literally type in on YouTube, Battle of Naboo, Unreal Engine, and, yeah. you know, just, fan, just fans remastered it, and it looks, it looks great. So it's like, you know, I just love seeing fans get creative. Like, that just out of their own spare time you know you can't make any money off doing that so like it's just out of their passion for star wars so i you know that was a really cool thing i saw on monday yeah it's truly incredible uh what people could do because unreal engine you can actually use that for free like you can you can mm -hmm. download the same technology milton that people are using to make mm -hmm. the mandalorian you can go and you can download mm -hmm. i could download the tool set with my computer because i have a decent rig now with my new uh, gpu i can i can start playing around i can start making stuff it's just right. if you plan on charging money that's when you have to spend like thousands of like hundreds of thousands of dollars to then like publish using that but for them like ben's saying hey they're not they're not charging money they're just making it on the, on the latest software and it's it's yep. incredible you know, it's funny. I was talking about this this morning at the gym with this guy. He actually asked me if I was watching Obi Wan. Oh. And I was like, "Yeah, I do." Literally, it's just like the right when I get done working out, he wants to talk about this. <laughs> and we were talking about the show, and he talked about how he didn't like 
the de-aging on Hayden. You oh, know? yeah. And which I said, yeah, I was like, that's probably the nitpick of that particular scene with him. But then I said, you know, I was like, it's funny how fans can go back and re-edit things and put on YouTube and make it better. I, I said, someone just started doing that with that Anakin Obi-Wan scene. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's crazy how, like, Lucasfilm, Disney, you know they have the money. Like, you, you can't get that corrected. And it's, and it's crazy how we're talking about random fans who don't have the budget as Disney or Lucasfilm does. And they're out here making edits and creating something that's actually better than the actual, you know, well, IP was. It's, it's weird to me. It shouldn't happen that way. But it, it's crazy how normal fans are just as creative than, like, the so, so-called professionals. Yeah, well, you bring up a really good point there, Milton. What, what, um, you know, uh, that definitely was a little bit interesting. Like, we'll definitely get into that um, when we get into the review. But my thing with that was when I thought about it, I was like, hey, you know, they had that YouTuber who did the Luke for um, Book exactly. of Boba Fett. Why didn't you just have him do Hayden Christensen, like, actually from Attack of the Clones or something? Like, I don't know. That was that was my only thing. I thought, I was like, you just had this guy already on staff. Like, why didn't you just roll him over for this show? Um you know, or consult with them again. And, yeah. uh, I, I think know, it's just, just not a big, uh, to me, it didn't bother me at all. And I feel like for most yeah. people, it probably doesn't yeah, well, it, w- it wasn't trash. Oh, no, it, it, yeah. it didn't crush the episode. No. Put it this way. Are they going to put millions and millions of dollars into that three minute scene for something that could be easily passable versus spending that talent and money on, you know, another Luke Skywalker scene. That guy yeah, is only, he's only one guy. That the Shamuk guy is only one guy. They can't possibly like waste his talents on just doing an Anakin scene for three minutes. Like he's probably knees, you know, elbows deep in creating something that's gonna blow our minds more than than that scene. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of resources and manpower at that point. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, just be consistent. You know, that's my biggest thing. And and it, like I said, with that character though, it, it's it's Anakin. Like you can't. You can't be half-assed in that just because fans are going to be complaining about that. That, that that's the, I just wish that's the, that's the nitpick that I have. I'm not saying the episode's trash. I like the episode. I'm probably the one here that actually liked it compared to us three. And I like seeing that scene. But, you know, it's like, come on, guys. You know with that particular character, you better be perfect. Oh, man. So... There you go. We're going to jump into it. We have a few people in the chat room already. We got Steven Schinder. Hey, man, we've, we met each other over there in California. It was great doing that video with you. Can't wait to do it again sometime in the future. And we also have Chris Forsyth, who's putting out the, the chat to everybody out there. If you're in the tri-state area, there is a really cool fan exhibit in New York City. You can look it up. It's all over my Facebook ads right now. Um, he says he's going to be there tomorrow. So check it out. If you're in New York anytime soon, I don't know how long it's going to go. I'm going to try to get there one of these days, but it's it's not Lucasfilm run, apparently. It's just like a bunch of fan um, creations and, and collecting and old figures and statues and different things probably hanging up. So it, it might be worth the time if you're going to be in NYC over the next couple couple weeks. Uh, for those of you that are watching, you can listen to us on any podcast streaming service. And you're, if you're listening to us, you can watch us live at 9 o'clock every Friday, and it's going to be especially pertinent lately to be catching us live because you can participate with our Star Wars trivia, which we're going to go again at later in the episode here. we got some 
housekeeping to deal with. Um, you can also find our t-shirts on Teespring. Get a nice outer rim transmission shirt over there. Just search our name. Um, and with that being said, all we had was one single release this week, and that was Bounty Hunters issue number 24. And this series is doing wonders for Dengar. Dengar is getting fleshed out so much in these last two episodes, whether it be with his old legend story coming to canon with him being a swoop bike racer against Han Solo on Corellia and Han Solo like ruining his career and all that kind of thing. And then you have the, uh, the actual motivation of Dengar in this issue where he's not only double crossing Crimson Dawn, but he's double crossing the Rebel Alliance. So he, he's got his hands all over the, the big, um, big powers that be in between the events of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So I have my full review on the channel right now. You can check that out. We did get one big piece of news for publishing. We have a new comic book that was pseudo-announced because now that I'm thinking about it, they announced this at Star Wars Celebration. We have a Star Wars Visions comic book miniseries coming out, and it's not an adaptation. This is going to continue the story of the, uh, the Jedi Master from the Duel. So we have Star Wars Visions number one coming out. Uh, the cool thing about that one is it's actually created by it's I think it's being written and the artwork is also by this the, the same guy that was actually involved with the show or, or the anime as I'm trying to frantically look for uh, the show notes because I remember I restarted the computer and it didn't pop up right away. Uh, yes, his name I want to do uh, give credit where credit is due. Uh, Takashi Asaki is, is going to be on board with that. All right, so with that being said, this brings us to our fun little thing that we tried out last week, and we're going to keep going with it. We're doing Star Wars trivia, everybody. I will give you guys a second to kind of get set up for if you have a, if you have a notepad, you can play along with us at home. Um, you can keep uh, notes on your phone, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm going to explain how this runs. Uh, so last week, we went ahead and we did the first 30 questions. And I, by the way, this is what I'm looking at here. If you weren't watching last week. This is a book from 1997. Going on almost 30 years, this book is. And, and, and it's basically like an, an in-universe entrance exam to the New Republic. Uh, so they have all different kind of topics, different kind of uh, specialties that they want people to be uh, knowledgeable about in a galaxy far, far away. We're currently working through the front of the book. We did the thir first 30 <laughs> questions of events. So we're going to pick up on... Um, Number 31, I believe there's going to be another uh, 30 questions for tonight we'll be going through. Um, so these are all either multiple choice or they are um, true or false. So, And the, the, the cool thing about this is obviously um, there's a lot of legend stuff in here. It's not just the films. There's some really deep cuts for some legends material in here. So hopefully... You do better than us. No, we did. We didn't do that bad last week. I think we got like an average of like a a, a C basically out of everything. Yeah, we seventy seven percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so people like Stephen have never heard of this book, and neither have I. So this is gonna be where the fun begins, as a Jedi once said. So um, I I think we're gonna just start. If you got, are you guys ready? Yep. Everybody ready? Yep. All right. Number thirty one. At Jabba's palace, Luke Skywalker killed. Uh, Jabba's pet, A, Bantha, B, Rancor, C, Droid. So we're starting off with a bit of a softball here. Some of these questions a, can be very B. easy <laughs> or very hard. <laughs> you guys got it? Oh, yeah, B, Rancor. <laughs> right. yeah, that's easy. All right. yep. 
All right, keep your answers to yourself. No. Uh, thir- <laughs> 32. When did Darth Vader want to freeze? Or wait, sorry. Whom did Darth Vader want to freeze in carbonate? A, Han Solo. B, Luke Skywalker. C, Princess Leia. It'd be, it'd be <laughs> B, Luke. I would say it would be the intention. Ooh, you know what? That's a little bit of a trick question there. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Milton? You already know I know the answer. It's it's. <laughs> I can't say it. Like I know, I know the answer. Like it's easy. Like I mean, like, if you know the movie, you know who he froze. We got the chat chiming in. Oh well, who he froze? Yeah, but he, I think his intention was Luke, though, wasn't it? His intention was, it? was to get Luke and take him back to the Emperor. Yeah, but he was to freeze him. Tested. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to freeze him. Yeah, I mean he wanted to capture him clearly, and turn him. Well, no, no. Actually, his intention really was to turn Luke, so he can use Luke to kill the Emperor and take over the galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Number thirty-three. This one's for the Legends fans out there. Who was the Emperor's hand? Was it A. Mara Jade, B. Raganda Ismarin, C. Rilal, or D. Ogwin Joe? Go with A, Mara. Yeah. All right. Okay, going over to 34. What was the clearance code for Darth Vader's shuttle for its arrival at the second Death Star? A, ST321, B, ST213, C, ST123, or D, Blue? This is one of those tough ones. The number ones always get me. God, I have no idea. I forget. Because it's not, they, they don't say it loud. It's just like, I know he says, uh, he's like, let so-and-so know. Yeah, he says, let so-and-so know that Lord Vader's shuttles arrive. But he don't, I forget the number he says. Yeah, I don't care about that stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just guess C. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, number 35 on Tatooine. Who became a victim of the Great Sarlacc? Was it A, Bib Fortuna, B, Ula, C. Salacious Crumb or D. Boba Fett? I think we all know that answer. Yeah, if you've seen the show, you already know. <laughs> yeah, Number, I mean, unless, unless you're just a newbie to this, yeah. We, we all know who that is. Number 36. How did Ben Kenobi describe Darth Vader? A. More machine than man. B. Twisted and evil. C. Terrifying. Wait, there, there, there's not another option for uh, two. All of, two of the answers or all? No. Nope. Wait, he said. I know he said the first two. Twisted and evil. He's more. Machine. I think. I think he said twisted and evil about the emperor in episode five, Milton. I think. No, he talks Isn't about. He? I'm pretty sure he says very twisted. Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty. What, what are the choices again? Okay, A, more machine than man, B, twisted and evil, or C, terrifying? I, I want to say it's A and B, but I'll go B. That, that right. one sounds more like... I'll go A. I think I'll go A oh, on this one. Oh, we got, we got some spicy <laughs> on with this, this question here. Now, this one's going to be fun. 37, who oversaw the final stage of construction of the second Death Star? Was it A, Darth Vader, B, Moff Gergerod, or C, Emperor Palpatine? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's a trick one too. 
<laughs> However, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's C. I think it's. I feel like it's it's. I feel like uh, I don't know if that's C. I think it's B. I think it's Moff Ger- Gerard. I think isn't that his name on there? I think. Yeah, I, I'll go with B with mine. All right. All right, number 38. What, according to Luke Skywalker, was the Emperor's greatest weakness? His faith in his friends? B, his overconfidence? C, his Jedi training? Or D, his age? Who did Palpatine say that about Luke? Yeah, let me repeat it. What, according to Luke Skywalker, was the Emperor's greatest weakness? It's, um, say it again. Say the uh, choices. A, his faith in his friends, B, his overconfidence, C, his Jedi training, or D, his age. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's B. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, we have a different kind of question here. This one's just simply fill in the blank, so hopefully you know this. <laughs> Number 39, the name of Darth Vader's true self was... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you kind of know this, especially with the current thing you're watching. Chosen, yeah, chosen one. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, so, something Skywalker, I think. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slave right. from Tatooine. <laughs> Forty true or false? The Emperor was not surprised that Luke Skywalker was with the rebels on the Endor moon. So that's true or false? Say that again. Was he about Luke? Yeah, so the key the key words here, listen for him. The Emperor was not surprised that Luke Skywalker was with the rebels on Endor's moon. Was that true or false? Oh, that's false. Yeah, I think that's false. But I but I feel like he know like he's Wait, he he's... was he was not surprised they were so that would mean that would mean he would know it was happening. So did he did he in his conversation with Luke? Did he say he knew it was he was there? I don't no, remember. he was talking to Vader uh, about like. Um, well, no, he's talking to Luke about setting up the trap. Yeah. But I mean, he's asking about Luke in particular, what it sounds like. So I think it's false. I think it's false too. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right, number forty-one. Who was in charge of Darth Vader's task force before the Battle of Hoth? Was it A. Admiral Ozzel? B, General Veers, or C, Captain Piet? General Veers. Definitely Veers. Alright, so the fill in the blank. 42. Whose idea was it to turn Luke Skywalker to the dark side? Uh, his, his, his old boy, say, Vader? Yeah, I would say Vader. All right. To, to overthrow the Emperor. Now we have 43. This one is going to make you think a little bit. All right. And this is just, you got to answer this one on your own. Fill in the blank. It's a list. Um, list the bounty hunters hired by Darth Vader. I have no idea. I'll be honest with you. I only know two. Oh, come I on. Just... You got to know more than two bounty hunters. <laughs> I just know two. I, I mean, we know the two <coughs> obvious ones. Well, three maybe. All right, so we'll I knock out Boba one of Fett. Them. I just was talking about one of them about five minutes ago. <laughs> ah, yeah, I'm sorry. Gone. Um, I okay. So let's we'll knock out Boba Fett. 
how many are there, Chris? Did it say? Did it say that in the question? I think there are six. Okay, so Boba Fett one, um, Zuckus two. Okay. Orlam three. Yep. Dengar four. Um. Oh, IG eighty eight. We can't forget him. IG eighty eight, and then. Wow, why am I drawing a blank? Milton, you know this guy. Uh, the lizard guy. Oh, oh, yeah. I know I know him. I forget his name, though. Uh, Boss. Uh, Boss. 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 Yeah, Boss. Boss. There we go. There's six. Got it. Nice. All right. All right. Holy crap. Now, did you, did you look at Dark Nerdy Gonzo's comment to answer that? <laughs> uh, no, I don't even have the YouTube up. <laughs> okay. I have our... I have our good, good. Don't here. forget the YouTube up. For once, don't look at it right now, because we got all the answers in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> we got several people answering which is fun alright let me pick up where we left off oh okay number 44 who was the commander in charge of overseeing the construction of the second death star wait didn't we just yep why is this Ooh, the commander that's Gerard so that means I that means I missed that last question Moff Gerard is uh, they are slightly there. different questions. One was about who is who oversaw this the, the, the construction, and who is the commander. Oh, okay. Mm. So Gerard's this one, I think, and the other one was the other one. Yep, the other one was the was the, either the Emperor or Vader. Mm-hmm. All right, forty-five. Who told Darth Vader that Leia Organa was his daughter? Was it A. Ben Kenobi told him. B. He always knew. C. Luke Skywalker told him. D. He divined it from Luke's feelings. Or E. He divined it from Ben's feelings. That's a D. D. Luke's feelings. Alright. 46. Who killed Emperor Palpatine? Was it A. Luke Skywalker? B. Han Solo? C. <laughs> Leia Organa? Or D. Darth Vader? I mean, according to some, some sequel films, he didn't really die, did he? Spoilers. Well, yeah. Yeah, technically, this question could be considered invalid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, D. Vader. Yeah. <laughs> 47, who followed the Millennium Falcon as it flew toward Beston? Was it A, Darth Vader, B, Graham off Tarkin, C, Nil Spar, whoever that is, and D, Boba Fett? Boba. Yep. D, Boba. 48, Darth Vader called the Emperor blank. So fill in the blank. I mean, any word could be yeah, Bad. a jerk. A jerk? Uh -oh. I don't know. Master? Like, there's nothing, nothing there. <laughs> he called the Emperor. It would have happened to be in episode five. I would say so. Master? Oh, uh, that might be it. I would say, yeah, I guess I'd say Master. I'd say master, yeah. Yeah, oh, what is thy bidding, my master? Yeah, that's what he said. Yep. I think that's what it is, Milton. Oh, this this one's interesting. Number 49, Admiral Dalla was trained by A, Grand Moff Tarkin, B, at the Imperial uh, Military Academy on Karita, or C, by Captain Paleon. Now, she is a Legends character. So this is... I don't know if you guys are familiar with Admiral Dalla or not. And that goes no, for you guys in the um... chat as well. I don't know who that I, is. I would say, if I had to guess, Milton, from the time period, it's probably related to 
the Thrawn trilogy. So I'd say Pelion. Uh, which one was that, Chris D? That was uh, C. Oh, C. Okay, C. Yeah, we'll go C. Pelion. I think I I would just guess that. I feel like that's kind of right. And no, Greg F. Uh, we did not start the review yet. We are getting there in probably the next five minutes. We're almost done. We're doing our little trivia that we warm up with every week. All right, number 50. How many times did Emperor Palpatine execute Bevel Lemelisk? A1, B2, C7, D35, or an E never? I don't yeah, even I don't know, know who this character is. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I don't know who that is. That's never. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go. D. Never. I have never heard of that character in my life. So, Dark and Dirty Gonzo is on top of the legends. He really, he really is. <laughs> no, I can listen to these answers. I'm impressed. Um, side tangent. Side tangent. Really quick. Um, the reason why I liked uh, the question forty nine about Admiral Dalla and who she was trained by is because in canon there is a commander named Commander Zara. And I'm pretty much, she's the canon version of this Admiral Dahl. She was trained by Moff Tarkin. So I found oh, nice. it very interesting how they're doing like a, a, a Legends kind of story with her. Anyways, we're getting back to it. 51, true or false question here. Darth Vader helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. True. True. We're seeing that firsthand in Kenobi. All right, number 52. Grand Moff Tarkin did not destroy Dantooine because it was A too remote to make an effective target, B, not a rebel base, or C, too close to Tatooine? A. A, uh, too remote. Alright. 53. How did Darth Vader know of Ben Kenobi's presence on the Death Star? A. Vader saw him arrive. B. Vader felt a tremor in the Force. C. Vader ran into him in a corridor. Or D. Kenobi ambushed him. B. Uh, yeah, he felt B. him. Okay. Alright. 54. Another true or false here. We have the Emperor believed that Luke Skywalker's compassion for Darth Vader would be Skywalker's undoing. True. Yeah, true. Mm. Mm -hmm. What did it be? I think that might be false because I think it was his. Wasn't it? Didn't he say it would be his undoing after he said your faith in your friends? No. And no, but actually, no. I think it, actually, yeah, we'll go through. Yeah, we'll I, think go he, through. I think he added that on too later. Yeah, yeah, because he added that in when uh when Luke said he never turned and throw his lightsaber away. I think. Right. Yeah, we'll go with true. Number 55, we're getting close to the end here. Who saved Anakin Skywalker? Was it A, Darth Vader, B, Ben Kenobi, C, Emperor Palpatine, or D, Luke Skywalker? D, Luke? Wait, what, what uh, you say Darth Vader? Yeah. I want to, you know what's weird about that? I want to say that one just because of the turn, but I, I could be reading it into way too much. <laughs> I mean, it, who saved Anakin Skywalker? I mean, I, I'll, I'll say Vader just because. I mean, I, it's probably wrong. It's probably Luke, but I just I'm just reading into it way too much. <laughs> All right, fifty six. True or false? Darth Vader fled the second Death Star when he discovered that it was about to explode. <laughs> false. <laughs> 
We got some easy ones here. 57, true or false? Darth Vader killed Luke Skywalker's father. Well, true. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't true. I, I would say, actually, Milton, I would say for this time period, would it be true? I mean, because yeah. I feel like, I feel like from when this book was made, it's probably true, I would say, for this book. Right. I would guess. Yeah, we'll go we through. Got, we got three questions left here. 58. Why did Darth Vader let the Falcon escape the first Death Star? A. He didn't. They fought their way out. B. He didn't want his son to die. Or C. He placed the homing beacon on the ship. Tracker. Yep, tracker. Alright, 59. In the Battle of Yavin, Darth Vader was about to shoot Luke Skywalker's X-Wing when A. The Death Star exploded. B. Wedge until he shot Vader's wingman. Or C, Han Solo shot Vader's wingman. Han Solo. Yep. All right. Final question here. True or false, the first time Han Solo ever saw Princess Leia was aboard the Death Star while they were under attack by stormtroopers. Wait, say that again? All right, let me see. Uh, true or false, the first time Han Solo ever saw Princess Leia was aboard the Death Star while they were under attack by stormtroopers. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would say that's true. I believe. Alright, well we're going to find out in a second here. So everybody tally <laughs> up their their scores here in a minute. I'm going to go through and just shout out the letters for everything. Alright, events, we're on number, we're starting with 31. Okay, so 31 is B. 32 is B. 33, oh, they did one of these again. A and B. I should have looked that up ahead of time. That was that one where we were like, wait, they both... <laughs> yep. They should have said, like, select all that apply or something. Uh, 34 was D, 35 was D, 36 was two of them again, it was A and B, 37 was C, 38 was B, 39 was Anakin Skywalker, 40 was false, 41 was A, 42 was Darth Vader, 43 was Boss Suckus, Dengar, G88, Boba Fett, and 4OM, 44 was B, 45 was D, 46 was D, 47 was D, 48 was my master, 49 was B, 50 was C, 51 was true, 52 was A, 53 was B, 54 was true, 55 was D, 56 was false, 57 was false, 58 was C, 58 was C, or 59 was C, and 60 was false. So did we get those? Let's see. And 60 was false? Okay, so... So we... William is six out of 30. Six out of 30. So we missed six, yeah. So we got, I'll tell you the percentage, Milton. Let's see if we, I think we might have improved by like one percentage this week. I do believe. Hey, we did 80%. We're moving up. <laughs> All right. Yep. We're moving there we go. Up. 77 to 80%. Okay, we're, we're moving up the grading scale. <laughs> So, let me see, let me see. I'm looking at all the different topics here. Uh, so we have... We have we have a, a contest with history, Jedi Knights, interstellar travel, 
sociology and anthropology, technology, biology, and zoology, military and law enforcement. So those are the the future topics of questions that we'll be exploring in our journey through uh, trying to enter the New Republic. So there you go. Hopefully, hopefully everybody fun. did okay. Hopefully everybody got a passing grade. We're getting better, hopefully. <laughs> some of those other ones are going to be way harder. What I was looking at, it's like, okay, this, this, some of these were like just ridiculously easy for people. Of <laughs> course, doing a Star Wars podcast. I mean, come on. Um, all right. So I know Greg F in the chat was asking. He's very eager to hear our thoughts on Obi Wan Kenobi episode yep. five. So we're not going to make make him wait any longer. We're going to jump into our review. As always, we talk full spoilers in these discussions. So make sure you've obviously watched the episode and. At least they're coming out on Wednesdays, so you have like two, three days to watch them before uh, you can listen or watch us. But we're going to get into it with our initial impressions. You know, I'll just give a brief synopsis of what the episode was basically about. So we have Vader, who has tracked the the rebels, including Obi-Wan, to the planet of Jabim. And they are basically trying to be starved out, and they have to get out of there in time. In the meantime, we have flashbacks with Darth Vader thinking about his time with Obi-Wan Kenobi that also relay on the future of what is currently happening. And we see Reva try to get her long-awaited revenge on Darth Vader, only to falter, but to still survive. There's hope for another day for her. And as soon as she learns what Obi-Wan's ultimate mission is, is to hide this one boy. And that's how the episode ends. So I'm going to throw it over to Milton. Who thinks he thinks he thinks he has the the most positive spin on this episode? We're gonna see real quick here. What was your initial impressions on this episode, man? Um, I've liked this episode. I thought it was really good for what it was. I mean, it was definitely an improvement from episode four. Um, I felt obviously episode four, like I said last week, it wasn't trash, but it wasn't it wasn't nothing special. It did what it needed to do for an episode four, and it was slightly disappointing to a lot of people who who watched the show thus far. As for episode five, I really enjoyed it. It was a significant improvement. I love seeing the uh, the action. We finally got lightsaber duels like they should be. You know, this is probably the best lightsaber action we've gotten from Disney Star Wars since they've taken Whoa. over. Um, and it's, I mean, that's just a that's just a sparring session between two characters that everyone loves. You know, so it was cool to see Hayden's face officially as Anakin. Uh, it was cool to see Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi you know, attack of the clones version. Um, I felt maybe they, they could have done that scene a little bit differently or maybe picked a different time setting. Uh, but other than that though, I, I was impressed with Vader. He was wrecking people like always in the show. I love where this story is going. I'm hoping that the finale, um, you know, is able to take it over, you know, in the sense of wrapping everything up. Cause there's a, there's a lot of un, unsolved questions that we still have for, this particular time period in episode or show, but overall, I liked the episode. Yeah, were there some things about it that I didn't like? Absolutely, but I thought this was a really good episode, especially compared to last week's. Oh yeah, what about you, Ben? Um, I would say like for me, so my initial impression of the episode at first, right out of it, three o'clock in the morning, was awesome, and then I rewatched it again, and. I feel like my first initial viewing of it, it was kind of like just kind of clouded from all the hype of like the Vader and Reva sequence because I mean, come on now, seeing Vader just like walk right through Reva basically, like, you know, just 
Disney, like in Star Wars, showing us how powerful Vader really is at this point. Like, he didn't even need his lightsaber to deal with her. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing Vader basically go, you know, I think you mentioned it to start the podcast, Milton, like, basically force unleash mode. Like, that was, that was awesome. So, um, you know, getting to see Vader in that type of light and then him pulling the ship down, that was incredible. You know, those type of things, like, really shine for me for the episode. But then, to me, I feel like where the episode starts to lose me, and again, I would I would agree with you, Milton. It was better than last week's because last week's was just kind of mid. It was it was okay, mm-hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't anything special. But I would say for this episode, um, when I rewatched it, there was like a lot of moments that appeared where it just made me think, like, I, not even like say the content wise. I feel like the directing is the major issue in the show, just because like. There are a lot of directorial choices, like, and creative choices, like, you know, it, it was just weird how they, like, brought Obi-Wan out, and then they brought him back in. Like, sure, it was for, you know, obviously for Reva to try to take out Vader, mm. but just the, just the way it was shot yeah. was mm-hmm. really weird. Like, yeah. like because even on my first initial viewing, I was like, okay, what's going on here with that? Yep. So, like, yep. you know, those type of things like that, like, little things like directorial choices like that made me go, okay, like... I don't know about this. Like this episode's good, but it's not great because of that. Like because of those type of things. And then, um, you know, like I just I'm happy we got the flashback of Anakin and Obi Wan, of course. But I uh, I kind of talked about it in our chat earlier this week, and I think I even posted about it on Twitter. Like at this point, now that we've we're five episodes in, unless we get like a lot of flashbacks in the finale, which you know, who knows? We could we maybe could not but i i would say by the way this is going it's probably not so like it makes me think like i wish they wouldn't have paraded hayden around basically like making him seem like we were going to get a lot of flashbacks like it felt like we were going to get a lot of hayden in this show and then we only get maybe like a total of three four five minutes and it's like wait i honestly like as a viewer and even as a hardcore star wars fan Think about how hyped we would have been, guys. Like, you know, if we would have rolled into this episode this week and they open with Anakin and Obi-Wan training, like, that would have blown everybody's minds as a big... It'd be as a big, like, kept secret as, like, Luke was in Mando. So, like, like that sort of thing... Like, those type of things are what, like, bother me because it just it's just weird creative choices, weird marketing choices, just a lot of um, strange choices coming in and out of this episode... And then I did feel like we spent a really long time. Like, it just felt like, I don't know, it felt like it lasted five or seven minutes, like, of Leia trying to be, like, an electrician, basically. And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, this is just, I feel like a waste of our time as, like, a viewer. Like, and, when, you know, when did Leia get these skills to deal with yeah. these droids and stuff, yeah. too? That, that's what I think, like, red flag to me was, like, okay, I guess, like, this princess who, I mean, I mean, I'm, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but... It just feels like just the way they set her up in the, in this show. Like, let's just say this sh- standalone show. I mean, I'm not sure in canon. Um, um, otherwise, in other comics or expanded uh, pieces of books or anything. But, like, they made it seem like Leia was kind of like the Rapunzel, like, you know, hidden away by Bale and his family, like, pr- really protective over her. So, like, how would she have these skills to, like, do this stuff in this episode? I don't know. It just made me think, like, okay... Like this is just like convenient plot device stuff, but yeah. you know we'll we'll get into more of that. Um, how about you, Chris? Yeah, so I think the episode did its job as a penultimate episode for what we currently have yep. in the storytelling. Um, it was able to finally. I mean, I, you could argue that that you know 
that we could have gotten a lot more development on Reva earlier in the series, but I'm happy that we finally got it. I'm happy that we got some resolution. I'm happy that we got like kind of like a, I wouldn't even call it a plot twist because I seen it coming a mile away that she would try to kill Vader. I already felt like that was the whole purpose of her, but it was nice to actually see it to come to fruition, whether or not it was, you know, given enough time to be, you know, quote unquote earned or whatever. <coughs> Is, is another kind of discussion we could have about that, how things resolve so quickly from learning to, like, seeing her to seeing her get stabbed. It was like, okay, um, I get it. Uh, but, like, it, it did, it, the episode did its job with getting the characters where they need to go, and it felt like things ramped up. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It was good, it was okay to good for me in my eyes. Um, I do like certain elements, like how the flashbacks tied into what was currently going on from, like, it kept seeing from Vader's perspective about, you know, how there was, like, four parts of that duel, four or five little intercut parts that you can edit together. But, like, at one point, he's, like, overwhelming Obi-Wan, and that's what's happening on the base. They're overwhelming all the people. And then we see him getting tricked by Obi-Wan with getting a lightsaber. Then we see him literally getting tricked again in current times with the ship pulling out. So I thought that was a really cool and clever way of, of like not just giving us a flashback just for like nostalgia stake, but like yep. you actually like get to experience the flashbacks with Vader realizing the stuff is happening in the current time and that how how that could be significant. Um, so that was definitely a bright spot. Seeing Vader and seeing his force abilities with Reva was also really, really cool. Seeing Obi-Wan finally become a negotiator. Um, and speaking to Reva, like he's always, you know, we see him talking to Grievous and all those other characters. Like we know he's got that renowned title of of coming at it from a diplomatic perspective if he can. And but there was plenty of other things that that let the episode down. The music was mediocre at best. I feel like sometimes it almost looked like a fan film. Uh, the location of Jabim, like you said, Ben, it was like wait, Obi Wan walks outside, walks to the door, then walks outside. Then walks back in, kills two stormtroopers. It's like, wait, what is what is happening? I feel like the location is just like too much of like small scale for what Star Wars needs. Well, and this is a six episode series that was supposed to be a film, so I was expecting a little bit more cinematic quality, especially if we're only getting six episodes. It's not like this is a twelve episode series. You know, they have less of time to tell the story, so hopefully they have more of a budget to put into these six only episodes. Yeah, well, well, you bring up a um a, a point there. Um, I was going to get into was I'm not sure about um both you guys, but I feel like the more and more we watch these shows on Disney Plus, I feel like I feel like we're getting to a point. I can almost see the volume. Like when we're watching the show, I feel like I can just see like see the set. Like it seems like um because you know you ha we had that issue like say in some of the prequel shots, like the way you know the shots were with the green screen and blue screen. Um, and I feel like we're getting to a point there, like, it's always great, like, you know, Christopher Nolan always does it, Spielberg always does it, you know, push the limit, and even Lucas did it, push the limit of the technology, but I feel like they're really stretching the limit of the volume, because there are a few shots of the Stormtroopers, like, when they're all grouped together, like, you can almost, like, like the background looks like it's almost curved, it looks like, because, you know, the volume's a curved, a curved, uh, a set, so, like, you, it looks like you can almost see like the actual visual curve of the set and it just it just um you know stuff like that i feel like you know they're pushing the the limit of the technology too much and i think 
you know, again, this was shot during the pandemic. So, you know, you do, you know, you do have to flag it there for that because that is a valid reason why this was shot this way. But I feel like it works. The volume works better. I mean, I mean, you know, you can read articles about it. Like the technology works better for Western style shows. Um, those type of like tighter, like closer type shots versus, you know, I feel like they're trying to really stretch the scale of the technology and that's what's um, causing some of the weirdness on some of the some of the some of the cinematography. I feel like we've talked about cinematography since the first episode. Like you know, there are weird choices with it, and uh, you know, this episode is no different, in my opinion. Hmm. So, so what do you guys think of of Obi Wan Kenobi in this episode? Curious, Melon. Um. I mean, I don't know. I, I I thought I thought he did. You know, he pl- played his role well. I mean, you know, we we got to see that he was trying to save the people, and you know, you you got you saw the old Obi Wan. Well, I guess when he was Ben, you were seeing the old Obi Wan come back, and how he was yeah. stepping up and saying, "Hey, we're we're going to help these people." You know, that, that was a cool sentence to say, like, "Hey, listen, we're going to help these people." Like, that's his nature. Um, I love seeing him. You know, as that negotiator, I thought that scene was kind of weird, though. Now, I don't know if they were talking or just using the force to communicate, but that was kind of a weird scene because it's like you're just you're if you're stormtroopers, you're thinking, what is she doing? Like, <laughs> she, she, she talking to something like like yeah. that, that was weird to me. Yeah. So that, that, that was a goofy thing. Talk, but, talking to midair. <laughs> yeah. But overall, with just to answer the question with Obi-Wan, he he was pretty much Obi-Wan Kenobi, especially in those flashbacks. I mean, that I was perking up every time I saw him and Hayden on the same screen, because I, I really enjoyed that. That's probably the best part of this particular episode, <laughs> except for whenever uh, Vader was doing his Force Foo, when he was just, you know, whipping her with, like, the Matrix powers, um, which was fire. But, again, I was pleased with Obi-Wan. I- I'm, I'm glad we're seeing more of him come to life and what he was, what he used to be. Um, again, I, I didn't have any really much complaints about him in particular. Yeah, I, but I, I will I, say, I will say, I will say, Leia got too much love in this episode, and this show is starting to become more about her. Yeah, um, I, I felt, I felt this episode was becoming more about her and like that whole. You're right. What's she? What? What she what, works a Radio Shack now? Like. Yeah, I don't, What's going I don't on? understand the point of it because you don't have any inclination of her later on in life ever dealing with electronics. Yeah. It'd be one thing if we see her like adept at doing that sort of thing. Um, she doesn't repair R2 in Return of the Jedi when he gets shot. Yeah. Like, Wait. Nor, nor does she repair him in uh, the other movie, uh, New Hope. Yeah. It's like, just, I, I don't, I don't understand the logic of it because you have like two hundred people. Like, surely one of those other people can fix. Why not? It. Why not Roken? The the other, you know, O'Shea Jackson's character. Why not have him do it? Like he. Well, he said himself he can't fit in. There. Oh yeah, he said it was too big. He said it was too. That's why they used her, and, yeah. and you, you knew that was coming when he said oh, I can't fit, and he's like, "Get me." She just walks out. Get me a ladder. It's Wait, just, what? it's just a reason like, to like, put her in the was, episode. Yeah, that, that was stupid to me. I'm like, that makes no sense. And then one thing I definitely didn't like was uh, the humor use in this episode. Who's uh, yeah. what's his name again? Uh, Njami. What what's that character? What's oh, his real um, name? Kamal needs Kamal. Um, yeah, he, he was Haja, a waste. Haja. Yeah, he, Haja. he was a waste. It's like, bro, <laughs> like he was. 
they were talking about like he he, he said something and you obi-wan would say something and he would like repeat something in the background he's like yeah he's like check on leia he's like leia what are you doing are you done? Yeah. Are you done? I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like you're in the middle of a war battle or war scene, bro. Like, why are you cracking jokes? That's too like, see. That's too real world for me, right yeah. there. And yeah, this ain't a Marvel movie. Yeah, see, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Was <laughs> it was like this is not like Marvel comedy here. Yeah. And then you know, like for me with it, like I can echo both your guys' points on it. Like I think Obi Wan uh, for. What he did, like, you know, as we mentioned, I feel like he could have gotten a little more screen time, like cut down Leia's mm-hmm. screen time, cut down Hodge's screen time, cut down, you know, cut down a lot of these people's screen time and have a little more Obi-Wan. But uh, for specifically where it, for what he did, I think it was really nice. I think they did a really good job with it. Like, Ewan's acting is on point. Like, he's great. Um, I think, as you said, Milton, I, I didn't even think about that. That is that is true, though. The whole um, him and Reva talking, like, were they talking through the force? I watched it twice, and I actually, you know, you can't tell. So, mm. you know, they could be, they couldn't be. I, I really did like when Obi-Wan, like, got the realization of, like, you were a youngling, blah, 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 you saw him. Like, and, and I was laughing so much because it just brought me back, like, uh, to, like, the people that were going wild from, like, when Reva revealed Anakin to, to Obi-Wan. When everyone was like, "How did Reva know?" Blah blah blah. Like, yeah, and I'm it, like, "Here we go." That addressed your question, people. Yeah. So like, yeah. it was well, great. And was- listen, you knew that. You knew that from the first scene because I even put it together. Yeah. I was like, "That's got to be her." Like, well, yeah. Why, why would they open the show that way? Yeah. You know. So like, I, but, I thought I thought they did good with that, and then um, yeah, just Obi Wan getting back to his like mojo of like helping people. Like now he's hero Obi Wan. Like he's the Obi Wan we know that ended basically like with hope. And Revenge of the Sith, you know. Now, have you guys noticed? Have you noticed? They're like they—they're purposely for the last two episodes. They're—they're they're never allowing Vader and Obi Wan to be in the same room. Like, like because Interesting. I, 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 like because I'm thinking to myself, like, well, he keeps running away. Obi Wan keeps running away from Vader anytime he's like close to him, and it's like I think they're purposely doing that to try to set up. I think this duel that's coming up, and hopefully in Episode Six. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I guess one of my, my, I would say critiques, I, I guess I'm going to say it's a critique of this show. And I think I said it last week. Yes. I love the flashback. It's my favorite part of the whole episode. We should have gotten one in episode four, Yeah. episode four, five, and six should be the flashback scenes because then, because again, and here's the thing, they used it just like they, like Arrow uses the, sh- the flashbacks. Yeah, perfectly, Milton. And we, we've been saying that since, you know. Since Bando season one. <laughs> exactly. I, we Go go back to our podcast. Yeah. I've been saying, just shoot it like Arrow. You know, Oliver sees something, it triggers something in his head about what he experienced on the island or in Russia or in uh, Shanghai or whatever he's dealing with, you know, whatever. Vader doing the same thing. Oh, wait, I'm thinking about this. Blah, 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 blah. Same with Kenobi. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that works out. But episode four, when he's in the back, the tank should have been the first time we saw flashbacks to set up this set of flashbacks in this episode, which I think would have made it even stronger. And when I mentioned about earlier that they could have used a different time setting with these two characters, realistically, they should have shot a scene with these two sparring during the Clone Wars. Because... You could have then used Hayden's age to say, let's age him up a little bit, like age him down, but he's still going to look a little grittier. You could have dirtied him up because he's in the war, 
give him the scar, give him the um the hand, give him give him his his uh, Clone Wars outfit with the armor. Like that'd have been dope. Yeah. I feel like I'm this should have been the Clone Wars. I hope that that's going to happen next week. And I right, right. This flashback should have been the Clone Wars flashback, while this current flashback should have been the one from an Episode Four. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, just flip it around and just like, because you could have had an opportunity for him to talk about Ahsoka, you know, in this episode or something. You know, you know, you could have done it that way. And I'm mm-hmm. probably rambling on a little bit, but these last two episodes should have been flashback heavy. To set up yeah. that duel in episode six coming up. Oh, I I completely agree with you there, Milton. Like I think I think they should have incorporated flashbacks a little more. Heck, even going back to like that. I mean, this is I guess totally rewriting the whole show. So we'd have let's just hypothetically say Obi Wan knows about Vader from the from the get go. I would have loved to, or not even that. Let's just say Obi Wan's regretting, you know, what happened with Vader and stuff. What if in the first episode he's trying to reach out to Qui Gon and he's like. You know, where did I go wrong, Master? Blah, 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 blah. And I would have loved to see a progression of the flashbacks from a kid Anakin. Start out in the first episode with a kid Anakin, him looking at like a 10-year-old, 11-year-old Anakin going, you know, and seeing maybe that first hint of like something dark. And then it progresses to Hayden from then on out, like just to see like a progression of, you know, a little bit of dark, a little more dark, a little more dark, a little more dark. Boom. Yeah. You know, like I would have loved to seen a character oh. progression. Flashbacks, like you were saying, Milton, like kind of arrow style. You know, we start out, say, right after Phantom Menace. Because yeah. Ewan, Ewan could have said, basically said, hey, I had this hairstyle since after Phantom Menace when I became a knight so yeah. or a master. So why not? You know, I would have loved to have seen him progress it from Kid Anakin. You know, then in the, say, second episode, go to Hayden and then have Hayden from then on out for flashbacks basically for the rest of the series and then you know we only get like four minutes of flashbacks compared to that and it's like it's like oh guys like there's a lot of missed opportunities here yeah that's the thing i i think that's my criticism in the last two episodes for sure is that we've had a lot of missed opportunity i think i said this last week that that the first the first two minutes of episode four when they're in the back to tank and they're both like getting that twitchy like they're feeling each other the force Right there should have been your first flashback. Right yep. there should have been, okay, let's, like, pretty much the whole Snoke thing that happened in the prequels, how they melded their minds together, you know, whatever. Um, you could have done a modified version of that through a flashback to say, okay, they're both feeling each other in the Force. What memory here would be a perfect memory to explain what just happened in Episode 3 with their clash, but also Obi-Wan's trauma? So it could have been in a flashback that represented Obi-Wan's trauma and how he viewed Anakin growing up or as a Padawan. And then this one could have been, you know, the duel, you know, the, the brotherhood. And then the third one could be like, okay, something must have happened to where Obi-Wan really became shook about who this character could become. Yeah. Oh, 100% that. Or heck, even do something like, you know, I mean, they, they do it in the sequels. So like, you know, if you want to, incorporate some of this and you know um strategy why not do it okay so we saw it with kylo luke had his story kylo had his story and then there was the real story why not you know you see a a flashback you know whatever flashback with obi-wan and then like a flashback from anakin's point of view when he's in the back to tank you know i don't know you hear his lines say how the, mm. the jedi turned against me yep. and it cuts and it shows kind of a skewed version of the jedi like, you know, of him seeing the Jedi doing something wrong from his point of view, and it, like, you know, adding to, to that effect of building mm-hmm. his, like, lack of faith in the Jedi or right. something. Well, like, here's the thing. 
I'll, I'll, like I, I just here imagine writing this scene, and I'm, I'm no <laughs> no writer in Hollywood. Let's be here. But like, imagine like you said, you you go to Anakin's perspective about how he felt the Jedi was turning on him. We already have the scene right there that we can build upon. Go to that back to tank. He op- he's having the Force stuff. He opens his eyes, and all of a sudden, it flashes back to the moment him or, or uh, Obi Wan and Anakin are talking about portraying or spying on Palpatine. Okay. Yep. Then, because remember how that scene ends, how he's like, you know, I'm not asking you, the council is. Instead of just cutting it off, then extend that scene to where, okay, what's Anakin thinking? Show, like, see how he's looking at the temple now, how he's seeing the Jedi. You know, he's probably putting stuff together, having do You know, you could have made some music in the background. Yeah, you could have turned it into like a mystery type flashback of like Anakin starting to like see what's going on with the Jedi. You know, this can't be right. You could have at least you could have extended that scene or at least built upon it. That's a perfect idea, actually. Dude, again, I'm no writer, but if y'all want to hire me, Lucasfilm, I'll, I'll write your flashbacks. <laughs> again, here's the issue: they had too many cooks in the kitchen with this series. Um, yep. Between everything with the being a movie, there's this, you know, the chat is talking about. There's this guy named Joby Harold. Then there's this yep. other guy named Andrew Stanton. Yeah. Then so it's just like. Then there's the See, other and, guy. and that's my problem. Like there's and too that, many problem, creatives dude. involved. Like, so, so here, here goes back to one of my original beefs with Kathleen Kennedy. Now I'm going to shade on her right now because you are the president of Lucasfilm. Okay, you are the Vince McMahon of that company. Now Vince got a little scandal going on. Okay, <laughs> but I'm saying is like Vince runs the show. Okay, Kathleen, you should be running the show. Like Kevin Feige is marvel studios and we don't hear anything about multiple ki- cooks in the kitchen you know now he he collaborates with his people but they have a singular vision for every movie that they do and every phase that they do and he's like okay we need to go from here here and here if you want to have some creative liberties great as long as we get to here here and here yeah why can't oh, I- we get that why, why, why can't we get that from Kathleen with a with a character that everyone universally loves universally loves from the prequels, like well, Mil- why, why 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 is that, Chris? Why can't we have a singular vision and that whole too many cooks in the kitchen thing? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I I, I like, wish honestly, I... Dude, Marvel has not had an issue for the well, that I can remember. I mean, I'm sure nope. there's been some issues here. However, have they been publicly? announced or put through the ringer like star wars has over the last seven or eight years since they've taken over you know uh uh, uh star wars from you know what i'm saying like there's always mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and oh. and there's no go ahead yeah oh yeah i mean you're you're hitting so many points milton that's why i'm sitting here like checking off different things and uh you know chris you you know you brought up a great point about too many cooks in the kitchen one thing I know this is like way too much to ask just because like Kathleen Kennedy is the president of Lucasfilm. Like she has is very, very busy. My thing with her though is I wish just like as a dream or idea, even a creative idea is I wish she would um, like one of these projects. I wish she would straight up go full hands on producer mode because before Lucasfilm, uh, she was one of the best. She's considered right there with Kevin Feige as arguably top two best producers of all time. You know, she produced E.T., Indiana Jones, Jaws, like all the, all these different things. So, like, she obviously has great producer chops. And I feel like with her, with, with all these cooks in the kitchen, you know, obviously, like I said, she's the president. So she doesn't she's not doing this like groundwork anymore. But I feel like 
if she would, you know, because she's obviously talented, like, she knows how to produce, like, she's she is one of the greatest producers ever, like, why not, like, I wish she would actually get hands-on with a project to produce it, like, like, basically back in the olden days when she was working her way up on Indiana Jones, on Jaws, on Jurassic Park, like, all these things, and it's like, I feel like now, it almost, uh, you know, like I said, we, there's plenty of things to criticize her about, but I feel like it's watered down her the shine of her career because you're having all of this chaos like all these cooks in the kitchen like you mentioned chris you have andrew stanton and joby harold um and like from my understanding it sounds like you know like like joby harold was like writing all the episodes and then andrew stanton like came in and co-wrote some of them and stuff like i don't know it was real weird like so like having all these different creative visions in the kitchen is an issue because look we saw it with the sequel trilogy it, JJ and Ryan were writing their movies at the same time, and uh, you know you saw how The Force Awakens and Last Jedi clashed on you know some of the story points, and then JJ going back and having to re re basically do certain points, and like that is just too many cooks in the kitchen for a trilogy. Like they should assign JJ on for a whole trilogy, or like pushed it back a little more. Like so mm-hmm. things like that, you know. It's the whole cooks in the kitchen thing that like you know it's all on Kathleen Kennedy's watch. It's like. We can't, you know, like you like you mentioned, Milton. The Kenobi show is so huge; like it yeah. should, it should be like taken with so much uh-huh. utter care uh-huh. versus yeah. like a marketing thing for Disney Plus. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, uh, you know, what I'm saying like like it's like look, it's it's like you know, in any business, when it comes to working with with talent or stars, like you take care mm-hmm. of your best. You know, like I, again, I'm gonna throw a wrestling analogy out there. You know, in professional wrestling, because I'm a huge fan of that. You know. The, the the big time draws, the, the the big time stars, they get all the perks and luxuries. You know why? Yeah. Because they draw the houses. Look okay. at Stone Cold. Yeah, Rock, Stone Cold, Brock, Triple H, Vince McMahon takes care of those guys because they draw the people in. They they put asses in seats every yeah. night. They are the headliners. So if 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 you don't take care of them. They're not going to want to perform for you. They're they're, they're not going to want to be part of that singular vision that you're trying mm-hmm. to promote, which is build the company, you know, build the younger stars, build the merchandising brand, you know, take the company company public like they did eventually, you know. So with Obi Wan and and Anakin and Vader, like you take care of those 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 properties and those characters. Uh-huh. You can't write them trash because because when we start falling out of love with them, we're like, man, we're done. Like I ain't want to try and watch nothing else. You yeah. know. Look, here's the thing. Now my anticipation about Andor and Ahsoka has gone down a slightly because it's like Andor is a loved character though I, from that particular movie. But now I'm feeling like, wait, if y'all doing this to Obi Wan, what y'all gonna do with Andor? If y'all doing this to Obi Wan, what you gonna do with Ahsoka? You know what I'm saying? Because Ahsoka's tied yeah. into Anakin and and Obi Wan, so it's yeah. like if 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 you're gonna potentially not wreck this character, but but write it goofy and make it inconsistent, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Then like what are we gonna do with characters that wasn't part of the original trilogy, you know what I'm saying, and that we all now like from the Clone Wars. Yep. Like, yeah, like you so got, you you gotta take care of your, your your main studs so 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 the fans can have faith in what you're doing with their other ones. I mean, look, look what Marvel did. Their, their their main studs that they didn't have besides the X-Men, they built up Iron Man and made him fire. Captain America, they, they no one thought Captain America was serious until they built him up, made him nice. You know, Thor, build him up and made him nice. Now we can go in and watch, oh, I, I can check out this Black Widow or 
I can look into Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and, you know, Ant-Man. Nobody was an Ant-Man fan like that. But we trusted him enough to build up those characters to say, okay, whoever they touch, they'll make them relevant. Yeah. You know, who really really knew what the Guardians of the Galaxies were? Unless you're a super nerd. Yeah, Guardians. You know what I'm saying? The the big one for me with Marvel, I have... I can say I've never picked up a Marvel comic book in my life. I can I can say that with with hundred percent truth. And I had no idea who Doctor Strange was or whatever. Facts. Well, that movie that movie vaulted Doctor Strange into my top three or four favorite Marvel characters yep. in general, like period, because they nailed it. Like they did it so perfectly. I love Benedict Cumberbatch's performance. Like they nailed the story everything so perfectly yeah. and it just hit with me and i'm like man this is like a top three or four favorite character now for me and like that's why i love the new doctor strange so much because i you know i never read the comics and i still love the character and like with these star wars shows like you said milton like they need to be like building them up or like taking a lot of care with them when they're mm. attempting to build them up versus like hey let's just i don't like to say throw it together but let's just throw it together type thing like yeah facts i don't know yeah, I know we're going pretty negative on the episode. <laughs> yeah. No, and, I mean, and, and yeah, just... I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. Because I, I don't want people to think we're trying to be negative on purpose. It's well, just like we're, we're, yeah. we're, just seeing, we're just seeing how it's being put together. And it's just like, uh, and here's the thing. I like this episode, guys. Like, I hope you guys understand. <laughs> I liked it. However, I cannot, I got to be real here. I have to point out the BS. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm just being honest here, but I like this episode better than Chris and Ben. I know I did, because I've seen the group chat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, <laughs> again, I, I I love all the Vader stuff. He's wrecking people with the with the force foo. I mean, it was fire, yeah. bro. Like, he's out here. You know what I'm saying? Foo, I like that term. It's crazy. Because that's what he was doing. He, he was Jackie Chan in the Darth Vader outfit. <laughs> yeah, like, like I think I think one thing I would say before we get more into, like, the positive stuff, we can we can dive definitely, let's, we can definitely dive deep into that Vader scene. But I, uh, like, one more final, like, I guess, critique is, you know, we'll have, I'll, I'll mention more about it next week, but to me, I I brought it up initially in our in our group chat this week. I think after watching this episode, I would say the over overlying or uh, the underlying thing that's causing the massive issues with the show, you know, even setting the story aside, setting a lot of the um, things aside that we've been critiquing the last twenty minutes or so, setting these things aside, I honestly think, um, and I would say, you know, I I was part of it. Um, a lot of fans, I think, overestimated Deborah Chow's directing chops for a standalone project. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think now that we're like looking at it, of course, Foresight's like 2020 or whatever they're saying, or hindsight is. But uh, like my thing with it is, I think we overestimated her directing chops for like a straight up Star Wars show versus like being more in the guidelines. Because, you know, she John Favreau wrote like what she was directing. Yeah. So, you know, it was really tight. And. I think that's the issue because I mean, I feel like I've said it since the first episode we've talked about on the podcast here about this show. There's a lot of weird directing choices. There's like, you know, um, some of the, like, like we said, I've, I've enjoyed Reva for the most part throughout this show, but like in the first episode, if you watch that, like some of the inquisitors lines around Reva are just weird, like really weird directing choices on the inquisitors. And then like weird directing choices with Vader, uh, like, you know, with the fire thing, like that was weird. And then you have like 
different um, cinematography issues. Like there's there's like different things, and then the issues we've talked about in this episode, and uh, cr like creative choices. Because I guarantee you, give, uh, like say give John Favreau. Like, I, and I know this is so unfair because Favreau has The Mandalorian, and you know that's obviously a phenomenon. But like, give John Favreau the exact script for this fifth episode, and I guarantee you, it's shot totally differently, completely differently. Um, just let, like, for example, the, you know, the whole, the scene that we all brought, we all instantly thought about when we started talking about this, the whole bringing Obi-Wan in and out of the building, back and forth, back and forth, like that whole thing, I guarantee you Favreau or even Filoni, they shoot that in just different angles or just shoot it completely differently. So it's not so choppy. And I think that's the directing style is the overlying or the underlying issue of the entire series so far. Like I'm not saying Deborah Chow's trash, definitely not. But I think her having total foresight over the series was kind of like an overstep. Yeah, I I kind of have to agree with you on it. Um, you know, we've seen how good she, uh, you put the perspective there, uh, Ben, where it's like, okay, we, we've seen her directing great episodes written by somebody else great. with the brain trust of Favreau and Filoni. So she works great in that medium. I would like to see her what she does with with a movie, like a, a tight two hour movie, but uh, the six episodes, it just feels like okay, they tried it out. Maybe something else should happen for the next time. Uh, maybe I like the idea. I really like the idea of having one director in charge of an entire series. Yeah. But I think just personally how the series has gone, it just makes me question certain things. Um, I'm gonna read going to read my feelings exactly that I put out on Facebook and Twitter earlier. Uh, I'm going to quote myself on this one. Uh, sometimes I feel like Kenobi's taking a back seat in his own series. The character is surely going through a rough time, but I expected to see more of him on screen and more of a presence when he's on camera. I don't feel what I want to feel from this character in the series. There's still one more episode, but I think it's a little too late. We'll see. And... You know, the show is called Kenobi, and I just feel like I'm not getting that that feeling. I'm not getting those highs and those lows that I expected to get um, out of a character story like like Logan or like Joker. Like I'm not getting those huge moments of regret and and, and all these feelings. I'm just not. I'm just sitting there watching the series. It's like okay, this is a thing. Like I expected to get more out of it. I don't know if I can exactly like express how but all i know is i just don't feel like i'm a hundred percent with it and it could be a combination of a lot of things right like i already said the music is not drawing me in the cinemat cinematography is not on par with other star wars productions uh i just feel like kenobi's meat like very meek in this like he is not right and i get it his character is not like where he's at right now but i've i feel like that one speech he has with the people, I was just like, I just did feel like Obi Wan to me. I was no, like, it did. You know, I will, I will say that because he delivers that speech, but it wasn't. The, you're right. I think even though we're getting glimpses of what he should or can be, because I think the buildup has been such lackadaisical with him, it there there it didn't hit well. Because honestly, I was like, I even said to myself, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hyped. I don't feel like you're gonna save me. You know, when he was talking about, you know, saving the people, he's like, we'll do X, Y, and Z, and Invader will have no yeah. idea. Like, And I'm thinking, nah, you ain't, you ain't uh, uh, Iron Man in Endgame, bro. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, you no. ain't, you, 
you ain't you, you ain't Bruce Wayne delivering his line in Justice League, uh, talking about you know he's fought many hells but he never fought us. You know you ain't, know. You ain't got that line, bro. I, so like, like yeah. and, and and it's Obi like Obi Wan should be Tony Stark, Bruce Wayne level in the sense of like anytime he speaks, we want to listen. You know, like he should be that calming presence. Like okay. Obi Wan's here. Ben Ben's gonna take care of us. Blah blah. Because we we seen him do it in the Clone Wars. We seen him doing it in the movies. Like, you know. And this is what my my pet peeve. And I truly believe this because these episodes are too short. There's so much they probably cut out in these episodes where they could have fleshed it out or they could have re-edited it differently. It's like, but you give us these 30 minute episodes. And it's like that's unacceptable. Yep. Like these, they, they got to be a full hour to make sure you give us a lot of footage in the sense of let's let's paint this canvas where it should be. An hour should be how you should paint each canvas when it's six episodes. Yeah, it, it, I, I think. I think. Yeah. It just feels. I'll let you finish no, the thought. But I, say, I, just, I think the more content we we've got, we needed. We should we should have gotten more content in these last three episodes. You know, they, they can't be short because the. I'm telling you, we all like. Like we all really enjoyed the premieres of oh, the yeah. show, and oh, because 100%. because they, they were longer, 55 minutes, and again 40 minutes was the second one. And they told a story that set us up for what we thought we were getting. You know, they, they put a lot of character in it. There was great action in it. They set up the universe. You know, the, the ending of seeing Vader getting, you know, somewhat put together, at least seen, is like, okay, perfect. Even that intro in episode three was dope. You know, you put that intro, that, that outro on the end of episode two, you're still like, oh, this is fire. So they had the ability to show us what the show could be but i think in episode three four it's been it's been here and then kind of here you know hopefully it finishes up well but i i, I don't know i mean again we, and, and i know there's been rumored and i'm sure we'll talk about it how this show could potentially end or maybe we get a season two i don't know but th- again there's so many unanswered questions because of how they directed this show the last like two to three episodes. Oh yeah. There's, there's definitely, um, you know, unanswered questions on the table. There's, it's definitely, um, the more you look at, look at it. So, you know, there's the, uh, the scheduled theater theater event with like the Q and a with the directors and yeah. cast in, in British Columbia. So if you, if you break down the time and like assuming like a Q and a is like 30, 30 to 40 minutes, like this, this final episode looks like it's about sixty minutes, about about fifty to sixty minutes. It looks like we're. It looks like because if you, if you you know take out because they basically have for the event at the theater in uh, British Columbia, they have um, they have the whole event listed as like five hours and thirty five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. So like so if you take out like the final say forty minutes for um, for the say Q and A thirty five forty minutes, it's we're looking at the finale probably being like. 60 minutes i would i would guess yeah i would guess if we we get if we get to the finale and it it starts with a three i'm gonna cry boy Um, i'm I'm dead ass like i probably won't even watch it yeah so like i I think it's gonna be longer and then um to like point to like some of the positives um you know i feel like we've we've been uh, critiquing a lot (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we've been critiquing a lot so just to point to some of the positives of the episode i think they uh they nailed vader pretty well i would say like for the most part like i really i really liked how he you know he knew the entire time that reva was tri- was trying to trying to trick him Facts. and and i really enjoyed that 
And I loved because I'm not sure about you guys. Like, you know, like we mentioned, I've I've enjoyed Reva this whole series for the most part. And I was really nervous though. Really, really nervous. Like soon as you know this whole plan started going down with her and Kenobi, I was like, oh man. If we get Reva and Vader fighting and Vader doesn't wreck her, like if she gets a shot in on Vader, I'm going to walk out. Because it's like, because she, you know, just probably in the last few years joined the Inquisitors or like the last whatever, five, eight years, she joined the Inquisitors. And then like if she would like get some type of shots in or whatever on Vader, I was going to like scream just because it's like it would not fit Vader's power level or anything at this moment. And then, you know, all of those worries were completely nullified because like, that whole scene with Vader was absolutely stunning. Like I've watched Facts. it. Like when I was doing cardio last night, I just like put it on on, on my phone on YouTube, yeah. and I was like, I was like, oh man, like this is so so insane. Like this is the Vader I think we've all imagined for the all these years. Like Vader just being basically Force unleashed Vader. Like I, it, one of the best parts of that fight, in my opinion. Like I just love, you know, him. He pretty much was just toying with her. Like, yeah, no, you're not. Even with your lightsaber, you're not even going to touch me, lady. Yeah. And like, he, I love that he just th- basically throws her lightsaber like back away to yep. you know yeah. basically saying, I, I don't need that. I can just keep keep using the force on you. Like, I thought that was just incredible. And then the fact that he like uses her own saber on her, like, it's like, oh. man, that it's like so intense. Like, and that's that's something too. I did not I did not see coming uh, because I was like, oh wow, like this is. This is crazy. Like I, I just, I just didn't expect them to go there that like brutal with Vader, you know. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering what they're gonna do, right? Because it's like you said it before, Ben, in, in two episodes ago. It's like when he forced gripped her, like he didn't throw her against the wall. So I was like, oh, she. He gently set her down. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's safe. She's, she's not gonna get killed. She'll run away. But like he, he supposedly does the killing blow. Well, we'll see how that worked out, but. That was still pretty brutal. That was still pretty brutal to see her get impaled by those savers of her own design. I was like, damn. Like, you see Vader's vengeance. And he's just like, okay. Like, he gets the saber and just does it. Like, damn. Like, this is this is like that comic book style Vader that I've seen so many times before. Because even in the Darth Vader comics, at one point, I'm pretty sure he kills an Inquisitor. Because the Inquisitor tries to pull a fast one on him and he hunts the inquisitor to town and he just kills him so it's like right. this is great like expanded universe like this is like the vader we see behind the scenes like his subordinates like imperial officers and force users he's offing i love it <clears throat> i mean yeah that's I, I, another positive I, I i totally agree with you both again i'm, I'm i've been calling it the force foo because i mean literally yep. when that's she what it is when she snuck up on him and he just was like, you think I didn't know? And just turned around slowly and just like, all right. You know, he just was, ha It kind of reminds me of, uh, remember in the uh, Matrix movie, the second one, whenever Neo's fighting those three agents at the beginning, he's just like, bah, 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 bah. like he's just like, all right, man. Oh, y'all upgraded? All right, let me wreck you real quick. Like, he's just doing that. Like, he, it was just dope. And seeing how quickly he moved, I love the movement of Vader. He wasn't fast he was quick and nimble but for like how he was in the machine or in the suit i loved it because he was he wasn't over the top he was just like all right i'm gonna be basic but i'm gonna just you know he you can definitely tell that anakin vader became proficient in the suit at this point he's in the prime of what he needs to do in that suit and he's ultra powerful dude ultra powerful and i love it interesting 
because in a lot of the um, canon comics and publishing and whatnot, they make references to the Emperor, like, disappointed with that Vader was cut off from the Force, essentially, when his limbs were cut off and he was put in a suit because uh, Emperor is basically like, oh, he'll never be his full Holy potential yeah. with the Force use and and, and using the just going that way. But in this scene, it's like you would never think because moments before, he just rips a starship out of the sky, crashes it to the ground, crushes it, and then continues to fight off somebody with a lightsaber just with mm. the Force itself. So it's like, right. it's kind of scary thinking how powerful Anakin, you know, would eventually would become if he didn't and that's get the thing, though. Yeah. cut in half and all. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing, though, too, because he, I mean, he's the chosen one. And and we saw this in Rebels whenever... Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, it's incredible. Ezra. Kanan. Ezra and Kanan. And Ezra, they, they, try, they, they knock him down with the TIE Fighter, not TIE Fighter, the uh, Walker, and he's just lifting it up like it's nothing. They're like, wait, what? That's you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that scene's still dope. And even seeing how, like, just how powerful he is, and you know, that's a video. That's a video game Vader. It's oh. a video game Vader. I mean, like for him to do what Star Killer does, ripping ships out the sky. Man, we was wanting that in in the sequel trilogy. Yep. Yeah, you know I'm saying that's... we we want we wanted the we wanted Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. Well, we wanted Snoke to be like that. We assumed Snoke was this powerful. You know, mm -hmm. like we we wanted the Knights of Ren to be acting like this, or even like it's just. Again, I, I'm happy what we got from Vader. I really enjoy that. You know, another positive. I loved Anakin Obi Wan duel. I love that banter, and it was like it's like they stepped out of the movie. Just the way they moved. Anakin Hayden Christensen. He 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 is a Jedi in my eyes because he moves so fluid with a saber, oh, yeah. and it was like man, I miss these battles because like it was a brutal spar too. But you knew they weren't going to hurt each other. But it was like all right. This is great nostalgia to see. I love the movement. I love the fluidity. I love how they spoke to each other. And it was great to see, oh, th these are the seeds of what Anakin could potentially be. Because he's talking about how mercy, oh, he said, having mercy doesn't help you stop an enemy. Like, yeah. what Je what Jedi talks about mercy and killing? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Anakin does. So, I like the fact that, that that flashback was set back before the events of Attack of the Clones. Because exactly. There's not a lot of storytelling in that era, like that 10-year gap between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. If you look on the Star Wars timeline and the Del Rey books, canon books, that's literally the only section in the timeline that there's zero content. So I'm like, all right, Del Rey, like the freaking live action stuff got there before you did with your books. So let's start filling in those gaps a little bit because I, I find right. that's a very interesting time. Like the only other thing that I know that happens in that time is the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic miniseries, which is fantastic yep. because right. that's between Obi-Wan and, and Anakin at that point actually wants to leave the Order. Like, Anakin yeah. gives his lightsaber back. Did you read that one, Melon? I uh, know. I, uh, yeah, I think I've read it on the YouTube when people yeah. like just read them. Yeah, yeah, I've done that because he, he gives it away and then yeah. Obi-Wan's like, no, you're going to want it back or something. Uh -huh. You're going to, something like that. But yeah, okay. So how would you guys feel about this? Do you think like, you know, we got Clone Wars animated. I would like to see like a an animated show of Anakin, you know, going through the Jedi Temple and like being a paddle one. Like, I, cool. I, I would, I would like two. to see that. Yeah, between yeah, between one and two. Oh yeah, I, one, I'd love to 100%. see that. At least at least start him out at the age of say let's say fifteen. So we'll give him those five years before Attack of the Clones of telling some stories. Oh, one hundred percent. I'd be cool with that. Oh yeah, I think that would be. I think that'd be really fun. Um, 
and it would it would fill in a lot of the blanks that are out there because as you mentioned chris there's not really much content if at all in that era other than that comic and then now this flashback like so uh it just begs the question like why not put something in there like we've stuffed between two and three obviously with clone wars we're mm -hmm. stuffing between three and four and then um all the other between numbers like basically for content so like why not do something between one and two with anakin and Obi-Wan to capitalize, especially off this hype of this show, what would be more hype than, like, say, go into Celebration next year and be like, hey, guys, we're doing a show between one and two with Anakin and Obi-Wan, and people would go crazy. Yeah. Um, like, I think that would be really cool. You know, I think there's just a lot of possibilities, honestly, with, with, with the storytelling between Anakin and Obi-Wan. You know, as I mentioned earlier, like, you know, how I, I came up with that idea for, like, the flashback of, like, a young Anakin. So, like, you know, you could use that series to set, like, examples of when Obi-Wan sees, like, some darkness in Anakin. Mm -hmm. Like, do that. And, you know, you could add that Clone Wars or Rebels vibe to the show where it's not just, obviously, like, a kid's show. Like, it's just a straight-up good show. So, like, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of um, good directions you can go with that. And then also one thing to point out, too, um, back to, like, the Vader scene real quick. I'm back. I'm completely back on board with James Earl Jones as Vader. You know, I was off for a while there because of Rogue One, but uh, yeah, I think he sounds just like he did in the original trilogy now. So just to and throw I, that in there, but uh, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot of good storytelling opportunities for the Anakin and Obi Wan characters, and I think we should be getting more, uh, more of it just just based on interviews even recently. With um, I'm not sure if either of you guys saw. But uh, Deborah Chow and Hayden and Ewan um, and I think a couple of the other people, they were getting interviewed by like a New York radio like podcast or something or New York radio. It's like like a media thing. And like Deborah Chow was talking about the show and then Anakin, I guess Hayden was like saying, you know, he'd be happy to come and like play Anakin more in any type of project because he's he's loved being back as Anakin and blah blah blah. It's like oh my gosh, you have the actor literally saying he would love to play it more. Like do something, just anything. Yeah. Just well, yeah, he he can be the voice of uh, yeah. Anakin. I, I don't mean look. Yeah. But the problem is, Ben, you've booked on. A, you, I know you're already thinking it, baby. Disney can't help themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like eat like let let the actors promote. Let the actors build it up. Like give the actors what they want because they 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 they're fans too. Yep. You know, like you have, you can milk Hayden for so much content. It's like I, I'm watching it because it's him. Well, also let's be real here on Hayden for a minute. Okay, what's Hayden really been doing the last 15 years? Not much. So, no, he, like he's, so, he's been so, making movies, but they, but, they haven't been but, like. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. why not he just be the Chris Evans and be Anakin for the next freaking eight years or something? Like, right. you know, like well, he was with yeah. Cap. Like, we 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 know he's gonna be in Ahsoka. Yep. What if what if they made <laughs> what if there's like a super big announcement at the end of uh, this series and they say, you know, Darth Vader will return in Darth Vader colon so and so series in 2024 or 2024. Well, first, of or all, first of all, I'm gonna tell you right now, if they do that, then they best have him be in the show as Anakin Skywalker. Like they they, yep. they need to show him. They need to show the conflict between Vader trying to snuff out Anakin. Because if, if if they announce that show, I'm gonna be mad hype, and I probably shouldn't, because you know you know they always disappoint us. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
<laughs> but no, I'll be hyped because I'll be like, because I'll be like, oh, like this is another opportunity to see Hayden like come back and embrace, like, and really lock into, Dial in the into this for sure. So I'm like, if they're going to say, okay, you know what, we'll do it. If they say we're going to do it like Arrow, oh, you got me hooked. Yeah, I love that show. I was yeah. literally thinking about that. What if, like, every episode, like half of it was was flashbacks, half of it was current time? Just like yeah. this could have this episode could be this quote unquote backdoor pilot for that Darth Vader series. Chris, don't get me, don't get yeah, like, hold on. they don't, used Chris, the don't formula there, and they're like, let's test it for the audience. Let's see what the podcast like Otterim Transmissions is gonna say. Oh, we like those guys. We we, we get those feedback think... from that show. Oh, they're saying we have, we have a good idea. We're gonna have like four flashbacks per episode that relate to the current events. And Vader's thinking about, hey, I've done this before. Let's do yeah. this now. Well, just to like keep it real on that, like, hey, like Luke still needs to call us on some of these storyboarding ideas. But, um, but for real, like, even if the even if they don't decide to hire um, us three for for this illustrious job, like, I mean, Mil- you you've seen it. Like, the CW is toning down all their shows. The CW got sold all this stuff, etc. Unfortunately, which is sad. But they should just hire Greg Berlanti from the Arrowverse, and he can set up a lot of these things. Gosh. Like, you know, just because it's like. I feel like flashbacks could work so well in Star Wars, like with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. And like, sure, we got our flashbacks in this episode and it was incredible, but it's like you could have been incorporating it from the first episode. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. You can you, you don't have to make it a fluff piece of a show. Like, you can yeah. make it Vader just still, like, he's, let, let's say we end this show where he thinks he killed Kenobi for good, okay? He still has a job to do, and that is to kill Jedis and, you know, and, and rebrand it or what if you make tighten it up the boss. Quinlan Boss. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, so just be like, okay, he's hunting a main Jedi that's been out, like, Shock T or Quinlan Boss. You know, just make it kind of like, um, like, 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 you know, like an Ark and Origins, how... Um, they, they they put a hit out on on Vader or on Batman. Yeah. Yep. So so make it like Vader's. Okay, you know we're gonna hunt this Jedi this season. We're gonna hunt this Jedi oh. this season. You know, like make it like oh Quinlan Voss is that guy we're seeking out or Shock T. But let's say he's trying to Inquisitor he's, there. Yeah, he's he's trying to finish out all the High Council people. You know, whatever. Like g- give us five Jedi he's trying to hunt and make each season about each Jedi. And then, you know, I'm just saying, and you can do flashbacks to still like how. He's going through these things and how is he's incorporating like his time in the Clone Wars. <laughs> Give us Clone Wars flashbacks. That's what I mean. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. I mean. Like live action version and ha- show him interacting with uh, what's her name? The same people that um, he's killing. Show yeah, him yeah. interacting with oh this mission with Quinlan Voss and like he's like they intercut like him fighting Quinlan yeah. Voss and having flashbacks of like having like a really fun like. Uh, brotherly like relationship like or whatever and it's like, like arrow killing how many times like how, many how times much have emotionals? we seen that on arrow yeah Ar- chris i don't know if you, you haven't seen arrow yet have you oh yeah, yeah i've have... seen like five okay. six okay. seasons of so season two slade and oh, oh man the whole art. time like like any every time they interacted in the present or in the past like even that last finale fight in season two how they showed how they fought in the past and in the pre- like it's so dope i'm like Give you have the template right there. Yeah, like um, um, imagine Anakin and Shock T in a scene, and Vader and Shock T going at each other, or like just them trying to hunt each other. Like that'd be dope. Put it this yeah. way, guys. Um, everything we've been talking about over the last three weeks or whatever, we never had a bad thing to say about Darth Vader, right? No, uh, I, the the <laughs> show the show is called Obi Wan Kenobi 
But I'd be remiss to say I think most of the time our positive remarks come from how great Obi, uh, how great Darth Vader is. Whether it be the synthesized the synthesized voice of James Earl Jones, however they're doing that is freaking yeah. perfect. The dialogue for Darth Vader is perfect. Like it's hard to so get good. his dialogue because he's he's very like he doesn't say a lot, but what he says is meaningful. And I think they've nailed the dialogue, and they've nailed the physicality of him. Exactly. The way he holds himself, the way he fights. So if Lucasfilm is listening a lot to everybody, they're like going to say, like, oh, the Darth Vader was the best thing about Obi-Wan. Well, we got to capitalize off Darth Vader. He's our silhouette, our icon. Like, you see the helmet, you know what you're dealing with Star Wars. Yep. It's like, why not make a series on Darth Vader? And if they can yeah. connect it with Hayden Christensen, they could add a lot of emotion to it. Um, with the flashbacks and then make his turn redemption even more great by the end of like the third season let's say do like two three seasons you could start to understand how he gets redeemed at the end and they could make that even of a stronger ending for sure no it's it's yeah it's I don't know. I mean they listen they've done this before because people forget they they did a young Indiana Jones show before you know what I'm saying really good in my opinion yeah so like they're they're able to go back and fill in these gaps and tell some story with this character. It's just they gotta just take their time and have a plan and I don't know, but I I know we've been going in the weeds about our this review and I, I love <laughs> I love talking about these episodes. Yeah. It it just really irks me that, you know, three guys who are significantly positive, you know, about yeah. Star Wars, you know, we had a lot of critiques about this episode. And even though I still liked it. I have to be, keep it real too, though. Like there was a lot of stuff that I saw. I'm just like that don't make no sense. And it's like, man. And I'll be honest with you, Ben. You made a good point. Like I was one of those Deborah Chow fans. I was like, man. Like oh, she, me too. I was. I was like, right she, there. She, she, she's gonna do a big time with this. But then it's like, this is why I temper my expectations right now. But then it's like I got so hyped because it's Kenobi. Like you can't mess this up. I I think yeah. the big thing, you know, uh, coming out of our Vader discussion. I honestly think the reason Vader works so well in this show, even, I mean, I would argue, of course, Obi-Wan's worked perfectly, but Vader's worked, I would say it's like Vader, then Obi-Wan, if you'd rank them. And I think the reason Vader works so well, though, is because they have the pressure. They know if they screw up Darth Vader, the world's going to burn because people will go crazy about it. Like, I think that's that's a big part of it because they're not going to, we're not going to see Vader go and eat his breakfast or something. Like, we're not going to ever see that. So, like, you know, I feel like with Vader, they have the pressure of knowing we cannot screw this up because this is literally our brand. Like, if you screw up Vader, that's our marketing. Like, how many re-releases of Vader action figures are there? 10 million? Um, Like, you know, it just seems like that's a big reason of it. Um, Yeah, I just, like you said, though, Milton, like, I feel like the episode was fine and all. And, you know, we had our critiques. But, uh, you know, that begs the question, too, like, what are you guys' like expectations heading into the finale, or uh, not even expectations? I would say hopes, uh, ideas, because you know it's hard to say expectations because you know it's always leave your expectations at the door. Yeah. But so, what are your uh, what are your like thoughts heading into the finale, or what you would you know what you'd like to see? I guess I would. Okay. Say. Yeah. I, so go ahead. Yeah, you go, go first. No, no, Chris, you go first because I I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot about this, but we'll talk about it now. Is the whole thing with Reva and knowing about this boy that Obi-Wan is protecting on Tatooine. And even the name Owen is mentioned, which is a cool callback because we know she knows who Owen is. She knows his name. She was interrogating the guy. So she's going to she's gonna know exactly where to go when she gets to that planet. 
So yeah. there's a lot there's a lot riding on that because obviously she can't really know that information and get away with it, you know. But but I guess I guess she probably won't go back to the Empire and tell anybody, but you never know. But I, I feel like if Obi Wan knows that she knows there's no way he can let her get away alive because we we seen what happened with Maul years later. Maul found out and Obi Wan had to kill him. He had no choice. So mm-hmm. uh, I, it's going to be a very slippery slope for them to figure out what happens. I, I think it's going to be something that's going to be um, it, it's got to be executed well, because mm-hmm. otherwise people are going to go crazy online. Right, right. It. Yeah. I mean, my, my expectations for episode six, I, I honestly don't know at this point, just because there there's so much rumor and innuendo about how the show is going to potentially end. Maybe they're going to keep it open-ended for a potential season two, which if they do keep it open-ended, we're going to get a season two. Um, that That's my worry because it's like I, if, if, if we get a season two, they need to tight this. They need to lock down this story to say, okay, we're going to be done with this story. What Season two has to be something completely yeah. different, separate from Vader and Obi-Wan. Does that make sense? Like, and I know Vader's been the moneymaker, but you can't have – two seasons of vader yeah. and obi-wan i mean you could potentially you could stretch it out but i just don't think that's gonna be productive but my overall expectations for this for this finale i just don't know you know and i don't normally say that because my fear is is that if, if i set myself up to want something high it's going to be trash or i'm going to be disappointed and i just have to say i'm going to trust that they know what they're doing those are my expectations there's a lot riding on this because, and there's a lot of ground to cover. Last we see Obi Wan, he's on that transport, and they are in their hyperspace. Of course, miraculously, just went bad out of nowhere, <laughs> so they can't jump the hyperspace. The Star Destroyer is right there behind them. They said something about the ships are coming to get him, and in the meantime, he's feeling the tremor through the Force. Revan knows where the boy is, she, so it's like he's got to somehow get out of there, get the Tatooine deal with Reva and then still mm. deal with Darth Vader because everybody and I see another interview with Hayden he's saying oh the duel of the of the century is coming up so it's like there's still got to be a good 15 20 minutes resolution between That's what him I'm and saying. Vader yeah. so there's just well, so you know, much ho- to do. hopefully hopefully they don't they don't run out of gas like they did in the last Jedi <laughs> 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 hey because you know really I mean honestly like I, I didn't know gasoline was a big thing in Star Wars but whatever I mean you know yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, it's hard going into the finale with expectations because, you know, we've had different expectations and weird feelings about this show, just this show standalone, um, you know, and the way they the way certain things have played out. So, you know, as you mentioned, Chris, like, you know, they have to address the. OK, so Reva obviously knows Owen, which she's you know, going to connect that to Luke because like, you know, like she, she obviously going to connect all that because of the first episode of the entire show. So like you have to deal with that type of conflict. Then you have to deal with, you know, as you mentioned, they are openly talking about the finale duel. So somehow Obi-Wan's going to have to deal with Reva going to Tatooine. Um, and then also deal with Obi-Wan and Vader fighting. And then, you know, like, like what also it's going to be interesting too to see what order this happens like are we going to get obi-wan and vader fighting and then go to the like maybe the reva stuff will be like extended time like her getting there like you know what i mean like later in the episode type deal um or how 
how it'll play out is like the weird thing for me. And, uh, and yeah, or like you said, or if the Reva stuff comes first, then like, how are we going to get to the Vader stuff? Like, well, I, I, I don't, think I know how it's going to go now. I, I think I, there's a lot of, um, potential questions with it and how it's all going to yeah. end up getting wrapped. I think, I think what happens is the, the Vader confrontation happens first and then they're going to leave off with this Reva thing for like a second season that he's going to get the Tatooine and she's going to be there. They might say a few words or they might not even say a few words. They might like be standing right across from one another on the battlefield. And then they just say, Obi-Wan will continue in 2024. It may say like part two coming or something like that. Yeah. I, I can see him try to justify Well, this is really still limited series because it's part two. You know, That's like, that oh, get oh okay. Hold up, guys. Just to, just to throw in there. Okay, go ahead. Just to throw in there really quick. So it's funny you use the word limited series, Milton, literally. So in that, in that interview, I was talking about Deborah Chow and the actors that came out this week. She says, in the interview, flat out, she says, they intended it to be a limited series, but there's plenty of possibilities for more stories to tell with these characters. She flat out said that. Wow. So to me, yep. that means... That Part means two's I, coming. Yeah, I, I think part two is coming. And then, like, the weird stuff Ewan said at Celebration. I mean, like, you talked about it last week, Chris. Like, what was that about? Like, has to wrap up their story right now, if this is the quote-unquote duel of the century. Because you don't walk away with both Vader and Kenobi at a draw where they're like, oh, I'll see you in ten years. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, so, so, so he has to think that Obi-Wan's dead. Well, well, that. And then speaking of Vader and Obi-Wan, too, that makes me wonder, too, man, guys. I wonder where Obi Wan and Vader are going to end up fighting at specifically, like the location, like, like well, where. I, I, it's gonna I, be. I think it's going to be Mustafar again. Man, if it's Mustafar, holy crap! I, that'd I truly be believe wild. that. I don't know why, because I remember seeing the promotional art for it, and it showed them on like a lava environment. I'm thinking, well, it has to be like maybe Mustafar. Yep. Because I mean wow. that that'd be very ironic if he beats him again. You know, like or. On his or, home planet now, basically. Yeah, or or Vader, him. or Vader thinks he beats him on his home planet. You know what I'm saying? Like that'd be, it'd be, yeah. Oh man. Well, let's wrap it up here. We're gonna give our scores out of ten, and then we'll be back next week to mm. talk all about the finale. Right, right. I'm gonna start it off first. I will kind of echo what I said. You know, sometimes my score changes based on the discussion. Um, I think I pretty much stayed the same from when I first watched the episode. I kind of just wrote it down right away. Uh, but I, I, again, like this episode, just I, it, it's a good penultimate episode. If you leave all the feeling, the emotion out of it, it did its job. It needed to do what it, it did, what it needed to do. It set up the villain to have a lot more nuance, a lot more um, development in a certain degree. There was some action. We didn't even talk about Talo's um, heroic sacrifice. So it was, it's never a good thing to see a character go, but I was happy that they dealt with the stakes and they were like, okay, like people are dying. This is stuff is seriously going down. People are getting stabbed and, and all this crazy stuff. So they really ramped up like for the characters that we don't know the fates of. They did a good job of actually like getting me to be like, Ooh, I really don't know what's going to happen with anybody here. Um, so I, I appreciated that. Uh, with that being said, I'm still going to give it like a seven out of 10, uh, mm. it was a good episode, but, and especially with the flashbacks, but 
the, definitely like the, the minor things get to me, like the, the music and the cinematography. Um, it just didn't feel as grand as I would like it to, uh, again, for only a six-part series. Milton. Yeah. Um, overall, I like this episode. I, I enjoyed the episode. You know, this was – it was cool seeing Hayden actually in the flesh. It was cool seeing him interact with, with Ewan McGregor. Uh, as you know, the young version of those characters, I, I love their duel. I, I really enjoyed their duel. It's probably the second part of the episode that I liked. Was some of the de aging spotty? Yes. You know, could that have been touched up better? Yes. They have the funds and the money to do so. I don't know why they couldn't perfect it. However, that's the only criticism I have for that particular scene. I love the parallel between the the flashbacks and the present story of just showing how Anakin and even Obi-Wan says, he says, you know, he's not going to wait for a siege. He's going to want to attack and win pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I love how they tied that in. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, loved all the Vader stuff against Reva. I'm, I'm glad and you, Ben, I agree with Ben. If she would have even clearly felt like she was going to wreck him, I'd have been like, that is some BS because she's (laughs) not even on the level of the grand inquisitor when it comes to power level. You definitely can see that. You already know Grand Inquisitor is nice. You know, it's just, and it's, we didn't even talk about him today. Yeah. But um, overall, though, when it comes to the negative stuff we mentioned, I'm not going to rehash that stuff. There are just a lot of things about this show that clearly was rewritten or reworked and shows there's a lot of people involved. There's not really a singular vision. You know, I do agree with Ben that Kathleen Kennedy probably should have, especially for a show like this should have been leading the charge and saying, hey, we can't F this up. Yeah. We're, we're, we're utilizing, you know, Vader, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. You know, we, we can't screw up our, our aces in a hole. You know, we can't screw up our, our, our crown jewels. And not saying they're, they're screwing them up individually. I think the overall outside of those guys are not they're not clear. They're not concise. So I understand the criticism. I get the the settings look kind of cheap. Uh, the music has been on and off, especially in this episode. Overall, I'd give this a seven point two five. All right, seven seven two point five. Ben, are you going to be the highest or are you going to be the lowest out of all three? <laughs> well, we'll see. Um... Oh, also to throw in there, guys, an interesting um, l- little quick thing for our listeners, too. So for people talking about the music, um, just as a, as a fun little thing, I was reading an interview with Natalie Holt last weekend, the composer, and she basically said, I, I mean, of course, you know, you, you can justify like your music choices and stuff. You know, if people are criticizing, you can you can come up with stuff. But she said her reasoning, like the way the music's going in the show, you know, this could put maybe the, the music a little more in perspective, the way they've used the music is she wanted it to build as Obi-Wan's building like his heroicism back. Like she, she wanted the music to get better and better and better and better and better throughout the show, boom, to the finale. Like that was her okay. intention. And, you know, it may not be hitting hitting for everybody, but that is just something to throw in there. Um, but in regards to my review of the episode, I would say there were a lot of really, see like, you know, there were really good moments. Like the, the Vader stuff was incredible. Like you said, Milton, we can't, we can't have Reva even take a shot on Vader. I was about to go like super Saiyan mad, like at three in the morning. I was like, okay, we have to like Vader has to do great. He did. Um, it was great. I I love seeing the snarky grand inquisitor come back. Like that was a little nice highlight. Um, I kept joking to my buddy all week. I was like, man, he's going to come back and say, I have two stomachs. You didn't kill me. Um, 
Uh, so uh, it was cool seeing him come back. It was cool seeing Vader pull the ship down. Uh, it was nice getting some uh, some of the Obi Wan negotiator stuff in. Like you know, now we're seeing that like more in action. So that was that was cool. Um, and then the negatives we talked about, like some of the last stuff, some of the weird directing and cinematography choices were evident in this episode. And uh, yeah, overall the episode I think was fine. It wasn't um, wasn't horrible, wasn't great. It, it really wasn't even like super good for me. It was it was just fine. And I would say with that, I would give this one. See, like action wise, this is the hard part. Like action wise, so. The Vader sequence was the best action sequence of the series to this point. But, like, like the Vader sequence to me was a 10 out of 10. No, no, easily. But the rest of the episode draws it down more for me. So with that, I would say this episode, you know, overall, it's it's not the best. Because I still think the, I think the premiere is still the best episode. Um, but I would say this is probably the third best episode. And it's probably, I'd say it's a 6.8 for me. All right, so 7.25, 7, and a 6.8. So we're all right around the same consensus. And, um, you know, Milton did call it. He was a little bit more positive, but just barely, just barely over me. Uh, but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we, we enjoyed the episode, but we know deep down we, we think we want a little bit more. Um, you know, is it selfish for our Star Wars fans to have one of our most beloved characters be the best thing that it can be? I don't think so. Um, but, you know, the main thing is we're doing a criticism with fair criticism. We're coming up yeah. with reasoning. We're not just saying this sucks and we hate the creators for making this. Right. So it's all about how you approach something and to just right. discuss things openly with the means of, hey, maybe this could be better this way or that way. You know, so we're being constructive, at least. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's the important thing about talking about like Star Wars Online is like, you know, just identifying between, I would say, stupidity, like we saw with the um, the issues with fans with Moses Ingram. We'd all rehash that. But, you know, I would say, you know, there's a line between stupidity and constructive criticism. And, like, doing, you know, what we do here on the podcast, it's like constructive criticism. We're talking about the content of the show. And, like, I think that's the, that's the way to do it. And, you know, um, and I think a lot of people forget that when we talk movies or shows online, especially Star Wars fans, because Star Wars fans, like everybody loves, loves it so much, you know, that's why they're so passionate about it. And like, that's when people get into debates and stuff. And it's like, hey, guys, like, remember, end of the day, we're all Star Wars fans here. and We're just we're critiquing it because we love it so much. Like we want it to be great. Mm. That's right. That's right. So. As always, you guys can catch us 9 o'clock every Friday. Next week is the big week. Everybody will be talking about the finale. For Obi-Wan Kenobi, all our hopes and dreams will they come true? Well, you got to tune in <laughs> to find out. You can also listen to us every Monday. I put up uh, the latest episode. So go ahead and check your favorite podcast catchers for Outer Ram Transmissions latest episodes there. So what are you guys up to this week, Ben? Um... Nothing too much. Mainly, I'm just going to be continuing my, uh, you know, working out and dieting. Like, I'm working on basically getting in really good shape by Thanksgiving. I just have a countdown, go countdown going. We're about 23 weeks away from Thanksgiving. So, uh, I'm just really sticking to my diet and lifting. Um, and I'm probably going to be, like, gaming over the weekend a little bit and just hanging out. I mean, it, it's been, like, it's been like 95, 100 degrees here. So, it's kind of been just, like, chill weather, you know, like, just, just not doing too much outside. Um 
so yeah with that being said you know you can find me on twitter talking to star wars or you can if you would like to see my workouts and just keep keep up with all my um my fitness journey i would say of getting in shape just find me on instagram at real ben maynard there you go milton um, this weekend, I'm just going to try to keep it chill. I'll probably, well, I know I will. I'll work out in the morning, do my normal core cardio stretch day on Saturdays, super early. Then I'll probably go golfing with a buddy because I mean, I love golfing. Um, but yeah, I'll, I mean, you can find me on social media, uh, on Twitter at Milton Weber seven. Um, and just like with Ben, I'm a huge workout addict. I work out every morning at four o'clock AM. So if you want to see those workouts, you, you want to just see what I'm doing and want to steal some tips, find me on Instagram at Milton number seven Weber. And that's Milton, the number seven Weber on Instagram. There you go. And you guys can find me, of course, in the same place you're watching already. I've been putting up my uh, video companion videos to the Obi-Wan series and uh, my comic book reviews. Uh, big week. Not only, not only are we getting the finale to Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're finally getting the finale to the Crimson Rain series that I've been talking so much about over the last several months that has uh, Crimson Dawn and Kira. Will Kira die? Is it possible that Kira could die in the comic books? Well, I'll, I'll be talking about it next week for sure. Um, so you can check that out. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell notification icon so you never miss another video. Uh, you can catch me just probably um, painting miniatures and putting miniatures together. Um, but you probably can't catch me doing that because I'm not going to like record myself doing that, but uh, <laughs> at least that's what I will be doing. So that's what I'm going to be up to. Um, there you go. That was Outer Rim Transmission number 62. Uh, come back, as always, for some more Star Wars trivia as well. So if you are listening to the podcast and you want to be involved, we have the chat room involved uh, with doing all that fun stuff with the trivia. So come on back at 9 o'clock Eastern and join us to see who gets the highest score. Uh, but for Milton, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Staraptor, we had a fun night talking, Obi-Wan. This was episode number 62. And, and transmission. <laughs>